This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Welcome back. It's Friday. It's always nice to uh, arrive back at Friday, I suppose. Feels good to me anyway. It's just kind of a break. The great reset for me. That's my great reset Friday heading into the weekend. I'm going to be traveling next week. Very excited to be going down to Texas to see my son, spend a couple days with him, spend a couple days next week and the weekend down there in uh, wherever he is. What's uh, what's the city? The uh, Riverwalk City. I'm drawing a blank. You know what I'm talking about. El Paso. No, no, not El Paso. What's it called down there? Eh, whatever. Texas. Big state. I'm going to have a good time. doesn't really matter. I'm not really going to see the state. I've been to Texas before. It's a big state. I certainly haven't seen it all, but I've seen quite a bit of it. Uh, this time, though, really, I just want to enjoy some time with my son. I haven't seen him now. Uh, April was a year, so four or five. It'll end up being pretty close to a year and a half. Before I'll end up being able to see him. And uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things you go through, I guess, as a parent. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Well, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend, getting ready to travel. Of course, going to spend as much time outside as I can. I think they're calling for a little rain here, which is good. We got some great rain. Recharge the well. It's like it's like a, another spring here. It's kind of amazing. Everything. I mean, we it was so dry here. I actually lost one of our bushes and these are very mature bushes, really kind of strange. Well, I guess just took a hit it couldn't recover from, and a lot of the sensitive stuff, uh, we really had to keep watering. Well, anyway, I figured it was going to break. I just had a feeling. And so, you know, I finished this grading and landscaping in my yard I was telling you about from the Labor Day weekend. You know, the grass is popping up already from the rain. It's really fantastic. And um, if we get some more rain, I think we'll get some, get some nice germination on that. And it's really three key areas of our yard. The, the little divot that I fixed is right at the end of our driveway on the other side of the fence. But you can see through over there, and it looked a little unsightly. And then at the, the base of our deck, getting the nice pavers in there and just graded off nice, comfortable to walk off. It just looks so much more finished. Uh, and then around the shed, the, the, uh, the, the uh, swale that I cut in there. And uh, I had cut that back before, like I mentioned, but I got it now where it's much more mowable. You know, you, you got to make these things so that you can maintain them. That's the key. But anyway, it just really, really dresses up the yard. When we got this house two and a half years ago now, uh, it was an older woman who uh, owned it. Uh, She's since died. I think her husband got sick. Uh, no, they got divorced. Some crazy story. I forget. But then anyway, she got cancer and died uh, shortly after we bought this house. from her. She moved out and moved into a townhouse because she, she just couldn't take care of it. Which was evidenced in a lot of a lot of ways. Nice lady, nice as pie, best real estate purchase experience any t- anywhere. But anyway, uh, one of the things that she had let go was the um, you know the, the 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 trees along the perimeter of the property. Uh, they, they, the drip lines weren't being raised, and that's a real problem. And the reason it's a, it's a problem, if you don't know, is that the first thing that happens: the sunlight doesn't get in there, kills off all the grass, and then if you don't take some action. Uh, you're going to get the weeds will come up there. And then eventually what we get around here typically is either sumac growing up through there 
or um, you might get some other kind of ground cover, but a lot of times it'll be uh, like briar bushes that grow through there. And so, you know, the, the yard, if you don't manage it, it's going to return back to its natural state sooner or later. So uh, that was order number one. It actually took us about three rounds of trimming. And I actually still have more to do. We have a lot of trees uh, around our property. And it was a lot of work, man. It really was. Um, but anyway, we, we did that in, in layers, if you will. You know, we got the most egregious thing. You know, you got to cut it. You got to get it out. And you got to dispose of it then as well. And by the way, in our, we were at the stage where the, just the grass had died. And it was like the whole one side and back of our property was just mud. And, um, yeah, it's not, not good. The dogs are out there. It makes a mess. It looks unsightly. We wanted to fix all that. We're about 90% finished with that. I have been able to get the trees raised, get new bushes in, get the grading fixed. And um, I have just a little bit of area in the back corner that uh, – needs to be seeded, but I've been waiting. I wanted to get this swale done, which is upstream, knowing that I was going to get some washout, which I did. Well, guess what? That washes down, and that's going to extend some of that area naturally, you know, through the process, and uh, it'll tighten up. So, you know, maybe in about three weeks, we'll see how I feel. I might finish up that lower area, which uh, if I get everything done with that, the yard fully restored this year, uh, I'll be pretty excited about that, you know. Um that's pretty cool. So anyway, I'm excited about all the time. I'm be working on that over the weekend. Spend a lot of time outside. Spend some time reading. Getting ready for my trip. Probably going to do some push-ups on my push-up stands. If you don't have push-up stands, I highly recommend it. Just be careful. I was, you know, you can do push-ups in all kinds of different formats. I'm proud to say I can still do my push-ups. By the way, you know, 51 years old and I can still crank them out. It's pretty good for, especially for a guy my size. I'm pretty beat up, you know. I got arthritis in my hands. My knees are not so good. My hips, I got to keep stretching. My back's a disaster. My neck, my shoulder, my doctor, uh, chiropractor has to keep putting it back in place. I think I have carpal tunnel syndrome. My ankles are at the butt. It's horrible, right? This is what happens when you get older, but you got to keep plugging away. Make the use of what you have, and you got to keep moving, whatever you do. You got to go a little slower, go a little slower, but you got to keep that forward momentum. That's what I like to say. So anyway, invest a little time in yourself this weekend. It's a crazy world. You need to stay in shape. You need to keep your mind fresh. And you need to keep your emotional and spiritual health uh, in the best that you can. Let's say it that way, okay? All right, enough yammering. Let's get into the topics that today. I want to pick up where I left off yesterday. I thought we had a nice rhythm going there. There's a lot of stories here. I don't know if I'm going to even get all this done today. Uh, if not, and I'm thinking about maybe they'll see how I feel. Maybe I'll come back over the weekend for you, give you a little bonus shot. I'm not going to guarantee it. We'll see. I'm, I'm learning, you know, for me, pulling back on the weekends is probably best. But we might get a little rain, and I, I like to talk behind the microphone, so maybe maybe we'll do that. But we'll see. This might end up being a little three-parter. I don't think you care. But I just want to give you a little heads up. Before I get back into that script, and I'll, I'll remind you what I was going to talk about, not that it really matters. Uh, but I wanted to talk about this Steve Bannon indictment. I don't think they call it an indictment. I think he was charged. There's a difference in that. I'm not sure what the difference is, quite frankly, um, off the top of my head anyway. But it's the state attorney general. I'm pretty sure it's the same Laletta or, uh, Letitia James, I think. I'm not sure that it had indicted Trump. I'm pretty sure. Bannon had already been, um, what do you call it, um, 
pardoned on the federal charges for the same thing. Isn't this double jeopardy? It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, some if you don't like Bannon, people are applauding. And, you know, this whole story, you know, do you understand what he's been charged with, by the way? He, along with a, a disabled veteran, ran a, um, a, a, a uh, GoFundMe or whatever to raise money to build a, the Trump's border wall. And you remember this story? They raised like $100 million or something like that. Well, I, I do not know that there's any evidence that they ever built anything. I don't know that to be sure. Maybe you do. You can you can tell me that, and I'll I'll uh, I'll put it out here on the podcast. But I do not recall anything in terms of uh, a wall actually being built with that money, and it really raises some questions. I've had an opportunity to see Steve Bannon speak, but I don't really know him. And I don't really know much about him. And I can't sit here and tell you that I trust Steve Bannon a whole bunch. I'm not really sure what's going on there. But uh, interestingly, uh, he is now being charged in New York with supposedly, I don't know, mishandling $25 million in donations. And um, I find it that to be probably largely nonsense uh, would be my guess. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe maybe they stole the money, in which case I think there should be some justice on that. And I don't think a Trump pardon is appropriate, really. But anyway, that aside, if in fact that this is worthy of charging over $25 million of, of uh, you know funds raised illegitimately or whatever the situation is, we don't know the details— uh, and I think it, it really it is something that the government should be following up on. Absolutely, you know. Do you remember the the, the couple of New Jersey or the woman in New Jersey? Yeah, it was the couple in New Jersey uh, that, that they said they made up the story that she ran out of gas in a bad neighborhood, and the homeless drug addict veteran gave her his last twenty dollars so she could get gas, and she felt so sorry for him that she went back and took him a, a something to eat. And, and brought her home and fathered children. I'm exaggerating, but uh, she, she went on a mission. She went, wanted to buy him a house. And they raised like $400,000 for this scam. And, uh, yeah, they were charged and, and put in jail over it. This stuff now just seems endemic. It just seems more normal than not. So, yeah, I think if, if, if Bannon has been involved in this, I think he should be held accountable. I just have one little question. One strange little question. If those white folks down there in New Jersey, and I'm as angry as anybody, right, they staged this whole thing on the backs of, of a veteran scheme, yeah, it really bothers me. I think it's wrong. Those white people down there in New Jersey, they went to jail for some period of time, over $400,000, something like that. Now Bannon, despite being pardoned on the same federal charges, is getting hauled up to, to New York uh, to be charged up there for over $25 million, right? So there's white people down in New Jersey, and that white boy, where's he out of? He's out. He's down in D.C., isn't he? I think, that's, I think they have a townhouse down in D.C., and that's the Bannon War Room down there. Regardless, they drag Bannon, white boy Bannon, up to New York City, over $25 million. What about the $100 million that ba- Black Lives Matter made off with? How is that not an issue? How is it that, that the white people do it? And, say, and the black people would say, oh, oh, this is the world we've been living in. Gotcha. Eye for an eye. I don't know what you call this. 
Mayhem. Really? But at what point do people wake up? I, I don't know. The, these criminal types, these very foolish people, that I don't think they're thinking two steps in advance. Speaking of, uh, of, of moving two steps in advance, I want to mention this story real quick, and then I'll get back to the, uh, the pol- political struggle that we're in, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the police down in Florida, it's one of the well-known counties down there. The sheriff ran a prostitution sting to combat human trafficking, which is kind of a new term uh, for prostitution and, and pimping. Well, anyway, while they're running this sting, they ended up arresting a, uh, a, a cop, uh, like a, a, a deputy sheriff or a deputy chief or something like that. Like highly decorated. Do you guys see this story? The it was I think it was Polk County, Florida. You hear a lot about Polk County, Florida. I'm pretty sure that's where it was. I mean, the the sheriff down there, he was on a tear, showing the guy's picture, naming him, talking about how he disgraced his family. I guess this other cop that got busted was like from twenty five miles away or so. And uh apparently what he did is he made arrangements online to go meet with this prostitute. And it happened to be an undercover cop, and he had beer and white claw. Does anybody know what white claw? I don't even know what white claw is. I guess it's like a, it's like a ghetto drink or something. I don't know. And he shows up at this house, and they bust him. He's like, "Oh, what? I was just coming over to watch the game and have a few drinks." Guy's got a wife and you know a couple of kids and stuff like that. His life just ended, right? His job's done. He'll still get his pension. They can't take his pension for that. I don't think. Oh, he was in his government vehicle, no less. How's that? He drove down for a conference. He's down there in the government car going to get a hooker. This is unbelievable, really, right? I kind of have mixed feelings on them busting the guy and and, and um, outing him to this level. Uh, you know, it's, it is kind of uh, – there's a line there, I think. Uh, he committed a crime. He should be held accountable. It was very foolish. Definitely a disgrace to the police department. But I'm not, you know, and the Polk County Sheriff, he was, uh, and if you saw this, I'd be interested in your, your thoughts on it. The, the sheriff who busted him, not personally, you know, but his his guys, whoever busted him, his his deputies, um, he was really harping on this idea that, you know, he was felt this duty to uphold the, this uh, credibility of, of police across the country. And I think, well, I, I don't know that that's your job. I mean, I, there's this new thing now, and, and I do believe in that uh, to a degree. I just don't know that I agree that it always needs to be done publicly. It's called policing your own. It was something that the Marine Corps believed heavily in. And uh, I believe in that the police should do that, but I don't know that smearing the guy publicly is counted towards that. Not sure that that adds up for me. Nonetheless, they did it, and there's this this idiot doing this. I, I've said it before, avoid temptation. You know, everybody's going to judge this guy, right? He was this or he was that. And, um, you know, sex is a powerful, powerful temptation. And it's usually sex or money. Those are the two, sex, money, drugs. Those are the three things that get pe- booze, drugs, sex, and money. Those are the three things that get people in trouble. Drink at home if you're going to drink. Uh, don't do drugs and um, keep your you-know-what in your pants and you'll be fine <laughs> for the most part. But it's even more than that. 
you know, it's it's being respectful, and, and a lot of people just don't, I don't think, honor the boundaries of, of marriage and relationships. This guy clearly, you know, about seven steps over the line, maybe more. What an idiot. Just totally trashed his life. This guy is like the golden boy, right? Good-looking cop, young guy, high-ranking, off to a great retirement. He could have retired and got a consulting gig. He probably still can. I don't know. I don't know. How do you get? How do you rebound after that? Whew. He's going to learn a lesson in uh, in making comebacks. How embarrassing for the kids. You know what I mean? A prostitute. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Let's get back to the stories here. I kind of forget where I left off. Uh, Eight hours of torture. This is the story that I let me tell you. This couple of the next ones coming up. Uh, eight hours of torture. This is the January sixth prisoner that was maced by the guard. This story is making its go arounds. You've probably seen it. Uh, Biden now leads Trump by the widest margin in six months. I think I mentioned something about this. Fetterman will debate Oz now. I'm going to talk about that. And Bill Barr. Oh, I got a few things to say about that. So I think I might have touched on a little bit of this. But anyway, this eight hours of torture thing, you know, it's amazing to me. Uh, I don't know what's going on down there, and I really don't know the stories of these defendants. You know, to me, it seems like they're pretty much political prisoners, if I had to say. But I don't really, you know, I haven't really watched the film footage from that, and I didn't watch any of that January 6th nonsense. What a failure that was. Right? And they're they're indicting Trump on all charging him with all kinds of stuff, investigating everything. And so if Trump runs again, they are going to once again tear the country apart. You watch, and if not worse. You can get ready for riots, protests, burning down the cities. And I think people know it's coming. If the if the Democrat Party does not get its way, if if this uh global this corporate uh well, I don't even know what you call it. Oligarchy or whatever, you know, who actually remembers exactly what these terms mean? I, I just know that the, the people that are actually making decisions, particularly about elections, is certainly not in line with what people want, and um, they're capable of doing whatever they want. But my question about this this stuff going on down here with the January sixth, I don't know the details, but I have to tell you, as an American citizen, as a, a veteran. I'm really concerned about the trashing of their rights. Where is the due process? Why are they being held without bail? These people, they say, oh, they're a threat to democracy. These are not Gitmo prisoners. These are not prisoners of war, at least not yet. You know, uh, was it stupid? I've said it was stupid. It was stupid on a number of fronts of what happened. I don't care if the FBI was embedded. I don't care if the cops opened the doors. Some of these people, though, this is the charges, right? They're just trespassing. And those, I mean, like, those seem really shaky to me. Some have been dismissed. I don't know. I, I guess if there's, like, assault on a police officer or something like that, you don't bail those people out. And there was some of that that went on, from what I understand. You know, those people that engaged in that, well, they're going to have to be held accountable for those crimes. I know, though, that, you know, it, it seems that, uh, you know, black people on the street punch a white cop. They did it during the, um, you know, during the, 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 what do you call it, it's the protests, the fake BLM protests, so that we could have the fake president. They were, they were attacking the police. 
Where was the accountability there? Why weren't they being held without bail? They were out the same day, right back out again. Many stories of that. So that's number one. Why are these uh, people being held to a different standard? But the bigger issue is this, in my opinion. As Americans, as people who are supposed to uh, do what's right, uh, and be proactive about doing that on a level that uh, beyond the rest of the world, that's really the, the level that we're supposed to do that at. Why is not one representative going down there and exposing what's really going on? If everything's good, show us that it's good. Show us that these fellow Americans are being well-treated and that their accommodations are reasonable. You know, it's fascinating to me that so many politicians were so concerned about babies in cages and how illegal immigrants were being treated that they would fly down there to see. They won't go down now to see the border being trashed, but they would fly down there then, and there was all these stories about it. But somehow these these white people largely, um, yeah, they're just left to waste. Really amazing when you think about it. Biden now leads Trump by the widest margin in six months. I don't know who they survey for this stuff. <laughs> I guess, you know, they think this is the lie being built. It really is. It's a media lie. This is uh, got written by a guy named Andrew Romano, Yahoo News. It's all nonsense. A new Yahoo News YouGov poll now shows him leading former President Donald Trump in a 2024 rematch by the widest margin since March. I guess they're getting ready for a rematch with Trump, huh? Be interesting, to say the least. Fetterman and Oz. Boy, if I haven't heard enough about this, it's really amazing. Uh, people around the country, when I talked about this whole Oz thing, when they, when they ousted uh, Kathy Barnett, and, you know, a lot of people thought I was getting out of hand and I was being, you know, very negative about Trump and what he did. Well, here we are. You know, the story, it, it just grows crazier and crazier. Let me say a couple of things beyond the, the, the nonsense, I guess you could say. Oz, you know, he's a, he's a, lib, a Muslim liberal. And you've got, I think I talked about this the other day, right? Let me, let me give you the update. And if that's what you're looking for, a Muslim liberal, that's fine. I'm just saying it's not a Republican in any way, shape, or form. But Fetterman came out recently, and he actually was live on microphone. It wasn't one of his polished videos. Like if you go on his website or his YouTube channel, it's tight. It's really tight. Guy's charming and... Uh, you know, uh, what do you say? Enjoyable to consume the, 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 the propaganda. He's got his shtick going. He wears his cart heart like he's a working person. Really a very interesting story. You never see him in a suit, really. And uh, he's, he's kind of an ugly guy. He's big, kind of this big, lurchy-looking dude. People say that about me, but he's uglier than I am. <laughs> anyway, um, he was live speaking to the steel workers, and uh, his sounds horrible. So I don't know what's going to happen in this debate situation, uh, but I think it'll be interesting. And I think Oz, Oz should be able to chew him up in any debate. He really should. You know, wh- whether that uh, pans out that way, I don't know. You know, maybe the media will put a stick a fly to his head, stick a fly to Oz's head. 
make a big mockery of him, make him look like, you know, call him a clown. Remember that? Remember Biden calling Trump a clown? The fly on, 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 uh, on, uh, what's his name? Pence's head. Yeah, nobody, and everybody, people believe, oh, remember that fly? It's just, I don't know. The craziness. You thought it was bad then? What do you think another election's gonna look like? Anyway, I, I don't I don't see Fetterman or Oz, and nobody I talk to is really telling me that one of the other is really standing out at this point. Bill Barr. Bill Barr, Bill Barr. I think it's been pretty well flushed out that this lying little scumbag was no ally of Trump. As a matter of fact, it wouldn't surprise me that it was Bill Barr that undermined uh, all of the investigations, that undermined the... The actual response to this uh, election fraud that went on. If there's at this point, if there was one person I would look to in central to this story, it is this lame, goofy haircut, sausage fingers, fat, poor posture, never did a push up in his life, the skeevy looking little slob Bill Barr. Everybody was worshiping. Look, he's a weirdo. Look at him. Look at the way he looks. With his not, and look, I'm not trying to be superficial about it. I'm not trying to be too cute. Tell me, who, do you hang around with people that look like Bill Barr? I don't hang around with people like that. Who does he hang around with? He doesn't hang around with anybody. You're going to tell me you're going to throw down a couple of beers with Bill Barr and have a good, honest conversation? It'll never happen. You'll never have an honest conversation with this guy. He's living in some kind of goofy, fairy tale, sterilized world. The, the biggest injury he's probably ever had in his pathetic life is a, is a paper cut. I guarantee you he's never done anything exciting. He's just very, very uh, stoic and very even keel. He's always got his little fat fingers together. It says the, the DOJ very close to having evidence to indict Trump. What a bunch of bunk. Every day with this again. This is the same storyline. Do they not understand that people have completely had it? Everybody's tuned it out. There's little doubt in my mind that uh, every single person has completely tuned this non. I know they have. People aren't really talking about it. Nobody's fun. You know, oh, indictments could be coming soon. Indictments could be coming. We've been hearing this for months again already. What does that mean, indictments could be coming soon? It's like the existential threat. I got I got a follow-up on you that, that with the, this existential threat. 30 years from now, sea levels may be two feet higher. Oh, that doesn't sound so existential to me. Anyway, Bill Barr, he can rot in hell with the rest of them. What has he ever done for this country? Tell me that. I don't know. I can't tell you anything. I, I don't know how he was in any way loyal to Trump either. Maybe that makes you happy. Maybe you think that's well, he's loyal to the law. Oh, really? Is that so? What's Trump going to be indicted for there, Billy Barr, huh? You tell me. For these documents, give me a break. Let's. I want to see the documents that Obama took from the White House. I, do you guys remember all the people don't have a memory for this stuff? I remember. Who was it that took all the China out of the White House? I think it was Hillary Clinton. I'm pretty sure. I think they made her take it back too. I I don't know. You know, it's it's what's really amazing to me. You have these filthy rich, uh, white trash that is so petty. Right, that they don't have enough money, influence, and, and can can have whatever they want. That they got to fill their pockets on, with the silverware on the way out of the White House. How much lower does it get? I, I don't understand it. Trump takes his photos and his documents, and they want to arrest him over it. She walks out with the hutch, 
and the China, and they're like, knock it off, Hillary. Yeah, I don't know. She gets a pass. Um, there's a great article here from the American Thinker um, about ESG and corporate totalitarianism. I didn't talk about this story yesterday, did I? I feel like I'm repeating myself. God help me if I did. No, I don't think I did get into this stuff. I read these stories now. It's kind of thrown off time-wise because I read these on Tuesday or Wednesday, I guess. And now it's Friday, and I'm trying to remember what I talked about and just from what I read. I remember the story. I just can't remember if it was because I talked about it or because I read it or both. Um, I don't think I talked about this. This is a fantastic article. I highly recommend you check this out. It'll be in the show notes for yesterday. Uh, because I just have all these stories in the link. I was going to get into all this yesterday. I didn't make it. We're not going to make it through today. This is good, though. I think we're really kind of going into these things in a way that you're not going to get, certainly not on the on the news. Maybe Tucker Carlson. He's been on fire lately, right? Doing pretty well. So this American Thinker article is about ESG and corporate totalitarianism. ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance Scores, are a Trojan horse for left-wing totalitarianism. Yet the American right was largely caught off guard by its sudden rise. Very true. It's just taken over. And nobody even, it wasn't voted on. Nobody agreed to it. The world's largest private capital firms, government institutions, and non-government organizations have discovered, seemingly in concert, the need to remake the global economy in the image of this arbitrary uh, left-wing metric, which poses a serious threat to ordered liberty the world over. This is setting. This is kind of coming around for the stage that I've been trying to set this week. When I've talked about things like when the ends justify the means, so many other things come along with that. You need to really understand what you're saying. You're doing away with individual liberty. You're doing away with individual responsibility. You're doing away with the rule of law. You say, well, everything's based on your intentions. Yeah, I, I, I killed Trump, but my intention was to save democracy. You see how the, the, the loony thinking goes with all that? So... <clears throat> This, this ESG <clears throat> is a creation of a set of unattainable uh, rules. You never meet the standard, and it's producing this inherent guilt. Telling the proponents of ESG that uh, value goals such as carbon dioxide emissions reduction above sensible environmental protections and conservation are uh, as social justice itself is entirely subjective. However, the point of ESG is not actually to improve the environment or to protect social justice. In reality, the point is to establish control over the many by the few. You know, the question with all that, you hear about this a lot with the World Economic Forum and the great recent one, they want to control everybody. I just want to control. And I'm thinking, why? What is this need for control? And really, because I don't feel the need to control anybody. I'm like, I just want to be left alone. I don't want to control anybody. It's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to tell anybody what to do. I don't want to have to control anybody's life. I don't want to be responsible for that. See, when you control it, you become responsible for it automatically. That's how that works. 
People don't understand these these basic relationships, but it's true. Somehow it's gotten forgotten in this this modern era. And so I kind of question, I think, is this just some kind of conspiracy theory nonsense? But I don't think it is. If you if you step back and look at the evidence, right, there's another principle I talk about. What, did, what does the evidence actually tell us? What does the evidence suggest? You could have evidence to support a conclusion, not necessarily prove it. But where there's no evidence, what kind of decision are you making with that? So, you know, where is the, the evidence to support that ESG makes any sense for anything or achieves anything? It doesn't. It does not. And if you look at the evidence, you know, is it being done for the purpose of control? Well, I guess time will tell. But the people that support this largely do support controlling the heck out of other people. You look around at the, at the recent past, you tell me what you see. Forcing people to wear masks, forcing vaccinations, forcing people to pay for other people's college degrees, forcing people to pay for other people's abortions, forcing people to pay for other people's everything, forcing people to accept illegal immigrants into their communities en masse. There's an interesting dichotomy in all this because the, quote, liberal left, which is nothing resembling liberal in my opinion, they claim that it's conservatives who want to control your life. They want to take control of your body by not allowing you to get an abortion. They want to tell you you can't love who you want to love. And there's a different way of looking at morality right now, right? That's kind of the basic split here if you really want to get into it. There's a whole different moral compass on the left and on the right. And the division in that is becoming clearer and clearer. I think it was really always there. I think there's a certain number number of moderates who they get into these issues and they say, well, I don't think abortion should be legal, illegal. Uh, I think most, most moderate people left and right would say this, that there should be a limit that, you know, in 23 weeks, uh, I think, or 26 weeks in, in Pennsylvania, 23 I think it currently is. I, I feel like that's a little long. But most people would say it's somewhere, you know, 15, 23. I'd like to see that tightened up, a limit on that. And um, that we should not be paying for other people's abortions. And so, uh, you know, these are the lines really that get drawn. They use horrific tragedies to, to push the emotions on these issues when the real tragedy lies mostly in the death of the baby. And they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about that violent act. And they don't even want to allow women to be presented with clear facts and alternatives. They don't think it's a good idea. It's an interesting dichotomy. They would say to you, well, conservatives will deny you the drugs that you want to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of conservatives against drinking, by the way. Christians, conservative Christians, drink, oh, it's the, the, the devil's juice or whatever. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it, it doesn't do society a lot of good, as best I can tell. It creates a lot of problems, that's for sure. So there's some truth to that. But I think the heart of what we're talking about today really isn't so much political as it is the moral view. And the left has, has exploited a, a new religion, a new religion of science, a new religion of uncommon sense, a religion of disregard for individual liberty in exchange for what they claim to be the greater good. It won't be the greater good. It will be the greater destruction. That's what, that's what will be the result of it. History has said it over and over again. And you think that Google can do it better. We'll see. I guess we'll find out soon enough. You know, maybe it won't be all bad. Maybe it won't be all good. What I see happening more than likely short of us just, you know, destroying ourselves completely, I guess, with like a nuclear war or something like that, which could happen. could happen. Did you hear about, uh, was it Turkey threatening Greece or vice versa? Yeah. Why? China, Taiwan, Turkey, Greece now. Um, India, China. Pakistan, India. Two-front war. Iran and uh, Israel. It's nuts. It's really nuts. Muslim nations, huge numbers of, of Arabs and Muslims, uh, a huge percentage of the world population, massive armies, largely incapable, but it's a different story. Anyway, this uh, ESG, I, I think that there's a flip side. I, what I see is that all of the big global corporations taking a hard nose dive on this after the, this is just going to you could see a run up but there's no way this survives in my opinion and something will replace it right even like you know what happened the, back in prohibition right you see, you could say the same thing they're putting a prohibition on on um fossil fuels what they call fossil fuels right so what's going to happen as a result well people are going to do what they have to do to survive and they'll cut down trees, they'll heat on wood, there will be a black market for heat or whatever the case might be. And, you know, the government can, can cause a lot of harm by, you know, picking off people here and there and imprisoning them just like the, the Soviets did under Stalin. There wasn't some mass takeover of people. There wasn't some mass control. They did it. They would, they would go out in the middle of the night and... You know, the laws in Russia at that time were so convoluted, kind of like ESG. And, and just like, uh, you know, people are being uh, banned on social media, you watch. You're going to take digital control, and they'll do that with the money through digital currency. This is the controls that they'll have. And so there's positive consequences of this. Just like uh, the control of these thermostats. Have you heard this story where they, they had this centralized control? I don't want to get off point with it, but um, – yeah, there's some there's some good behind that that there would be that control to to avoid the grid being shut down because people want to overload it. It's like in, in Arizona right now where they're running out of water. They're going to not have water, but people have these massive swimming pools. It's like this huge trend out there. Anyway, in, in, in under Stalin, what the Soviets did, there wasn't some big mass takeover, some mass control, mass shutdowns. Uh, they took control of transportation. Well, what they do is they would go in there with their Gestapo, whatever they were, KGB, I don't know, whatever the, the Russian uh, black boots were. They would go out deep in the middle of the night, and they would go in the house, and they would arrest mostly males. They would send them to the gulag. 
And they would round them up. They would get them in the middle of the night when they were tired and off guard. They would take them. They would interrogate them and basically force some kind of, uh, of guilt because they were already feeling that guilt. And it was nuts. And then they went to prison. God willing, I'll be back Monday, maybe sooner. Hope to see you there. Make it a great weekend.